What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, sinks and inks, and welcome to Lactic Acid. I am your host, Dominic Smith. As always, I want to thank everybody for their continued support for this channel. I hope everyone is having a great new year so far. If you have not made do on your resolutions or you messed up on them so far, listen, don't worry about it. It's all good. I actually had John Anderson on my track and field uh, show called Track Talk, a YouTube exclusive show. And he told me on the airplane, he met a guy who said he was making New Year's intentions. So uh, forget the resolutions, make you some New Year's intentions and intend to do them. Because if you mess up, hey, listen, you never promised you would do them in the first place. So it's all good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your continued support. Today's episode is one that I am super excited to bring you all. I had the honor and the pleasure of interviewing one of the best 400 meter hurdlers in the game, Mr. Trevor Bassett. He took home the bronze medal at the World Championships in Eugene recently did incredible things in college he trust me he is not an underdog he is a big time baller and he blessed the show with some great insight some great knowledge he moved from ohio to Gainesville to train under coach Mike Holloway and his phenomenal training group. We talked about his love and my hate for Kit Kats. Um, <laughs> we talked about vegetables and um, maybe how he doesn't like them as much. And I gave him some tips. You know, I'm not, you know, overly huge, but I did give him some tips um, on, on vegetables. I'm not overly huge on vegetables either, but I'm learning. I'm growing. And so uh, we talked about that. We talked about his faith. We talked about the underdog mentality that he carries with them and um you know we got a chance to get to know him a little bit more we talked about proper ways to cook a hamburger and how to serve a hamburger at restaurants so restaurants i hope you're taking note of this he's a great guy doing incredible things and uh, i hope you guys enjoy this episode please follow me on the platforms on instagram lactic acid with dom smith youtube please 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 follow that channel um, Lactic Acid with Dominic Smith. Subscribe, hit that notification bell. That way you get all the latest updates once they drop. We have our exclusive Track Talk series, a YouTube exclusive Track Talk series, as well as a bucket of Track Talk and Fried Chicken, which we will resume. Um, the last guest for that was Laura Thweet, and we had an incredible time. And so please be sure to check that out. Twitter, Lactic Acid underscore pod. And please leave a nice thumbs up, leave a nice five-star review with if you're loving the content, share it with your mom, share it with your dad, your cousins, your boyfriends, your husband, wife, girlfriend, whatever, your dog, your cat, if they know how to use social media, share the podcast with them, share the platform with them, and let's continue to grow this thing in 2023. Hope you enjoyed the episode, and I'll see you next time. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, saints and angs, and welcome to Lactic Acid. I'm your host, Dominique Smith. I hope everybody is having a happy new year so far. If you have messed up your new year's resolutions within the first 24 hours of making them, no worries. You can try again in 364 days. It's all good. It's all good. Today, I have one of the best in the world, a certified baller, shot caller. He did what more really than what LeBron could do, and he brought multiple championships to cleveland back into the ohio area he is balling out going from the tundra now to the swamp he is none other than mr trevor bassett trevor what is going on big dog how you doing man i'm good man thank you for having me that might have been one of the best intros i've ever gotten so i really appreciate that dude yeah it's man awful. like you said from the tundra to the swamp i'm excited Dude, it is all facts. As I say, all thriller, no filler. That's how we do it on this show. So New Year, which means I got to ask a very important question in New Year. So let's just say a couple companies caught wind of the big things that you're doing. Those companies are Food Network and then... The other companies are all of the academies, whether it's the music or the VMAs or the Tonys, the Oscars, all that crap. And they say, yo, this dude, oh, yeah, Ben and Jerry's got uh, thrown in there, too. They say, yo, this dude, Trevor Bassett, he is mid, he has Midwest swag bringing it down to the South. 
He is whooping up on everybody like they owe him some money. He is just straight balling. And we got to make a promotion. We have to create a New Year's promotion to celebrate all the big time things that he has done and what he is doing. And we're going to elevate his brand. So Food Network said, listen, we already got all the baking championships, cooking championships, chopped, all that stuff. We're not going to do that. We want him to create a custom burger pizza or any item any point of food and and it will be in your name on every menu that food network is affiliated with so either a burger or pizza or if there's just a meal you're like nah man i have to do this meal customized the trevor bassett way that's what they're gonna do and so all the academies are like nah well we want him to come and showcase his skill set at any award ceremony there is, and he can be the guest of any actor, actress, or musician of his choice. And then Ben and Jerry is like, nah, we need ice cream. Ice cream. We're going to sell it in every Publix, every store possible. So you have to give them the custom ice cream. So we need the meal, Burger Peaks or any meal, the award ceremony, and who would you want to go, well, who would you want to be their, your guest? or you'll be their guest, and then the custom ice cream for this promotion. All right, so custom meal, custom ice cream, and then the awards show and the actor or actress I'd like to be the guest of. Yeah, or musician. Or musician. All right. Um. Wow, that's – I've never been asked something like this before, and those are phenomenal questions. <laughs> okay. So for the meal, I'm a big, big barbecue guy. Okay. Love, love some barbecue, especially whenever I've made a trip to Texas or Alabama, Tennessee, like got to get some barbecue. Right. We moved into Gainesville. There's a barbecue spot about five minutes from my house. And I, I'm fighting some demons to not go there every day. So I think I'd have to go with, for the meal, it would be probably pork shoulder so pulled pork shoulder All with right. a spicy barbecue sauce okay. like vinegar based so it's super watery so carolina no that's an alabama that's an alabama style yeah white exactly vinegar. yeah yep an alabama style barbecue sauce some mac and cheese on the side maybe get a little bit of cornbread in there that's that's my meal if i if I could pick a meal to eat for the every day for the rest of my life, it's going to be something like that. So I think it would be it makes sense that the signature Trevor Bassett meal is going to be a pulled pork shoulder with an Alabama style barbecue sauce, some mac and cheese, and some cornbread. I like that that white vinegar sauce. That's the Alabama style. Okay, I feel yeah. that. All right, what about this award show? Whether it's the VMAs, the Grammys, the Oscars, the Tonys, who? Are you trying what what show are you trying to go to and who would you want to um pretty much be the guest? I might need to circle back to that one because I gotta really think about that. All right, let's do the ice cream. We might have to do yeah. the ice cream of Ben and Jerry's. Okay. So I think for me, I love sweets. I really do. So I think to start it off, I think it's easiest to do vanilla, vanilla ice cream, right? It's super plain. You can add a bunch of stuff to it. I, like I feel that. like a lot of times if you go chocolate and add a bunch of chocolate, chocolatey stuff to it, it can be a little overkill, you know? Exactly, exactly. So I'm thinking you go vanilla. You get some brownie bits in there, maybe a little bit of uh, hot fudge, you know, get a little oh, temperature I, difference. I feel a that, hot yeah. Temperature difference. And then I think you can add either some M&Ms or some Kit Kats in there. So you're getting a lot Ooh. of that chocolate. But you're also getting a bunch of texture change because you got the brownie bits that are still soft, the hot fudge for the temperature change. But then if you go with Kit Kats or M&Ms, you get a little crunch with it. I hate Kit Kats. So that's that's what that's that's you don't you don't like you're the all right, it. we'll go with M&Ms. No, you're no, the first person I've ever heard say they hate, hate Kit Kats. Oh, well, just you're here in Florida, you'll hear it a lot more. Um, listen, right, you so, won't yeah, have a so, problem eating Kit Kats because there'll be plenty on the shelf. So, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> is that a thing in Florida? Like, Florida people just aren't, don't mess with Kit Kats? 
people that I know do not like Kit Kats. I've lived, I'm They're 28. Real. I'm 28. I've lived here for all 28 years, live here in Orlando, about an hour and a half from Gainesville, been to Gainesville. I can tell you as many Kit Kats on the shelf in Gainesville as there are in Orlando, Tallahassee, <laughs> all of those. I, I don't see, I'm a Reese's brother myself. I do. And, I like Reese's. I do like yeah. Reese's. So, but I mean, listen, so the Kit Kat's perfect because nobody's touching that. That's that's yours. So <laughs> Kit Kat, if you listen, sponsor my man Trevor. Uh, hey, he, Kit, yeah. Kit Kat, hit me up. For real. So yeah, we'll go. So we'll go with vanilla ice cream, some hot fudge, brownie bits or brownie chunks. And then, yeah, I'll go with the, I'll go with the Kit Kat's in there. Shout out Kit okay. Kat, no free shout outs. Okay. Yeah. No. No. We don't work for free no more. That's that's how that's <laughs> going out there. We don't work free. College is over. College yes, is over. Sir. We gotta get paid out here. Listen. Even in college, there's some okay. called name, image, and likeness. So we don't do no right. right. Man, the award show one is tough because I don't really watch award shows like that. Okay. And then there's so many good actors, actresses, and there's so many good musicians, and I know. So I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you one. Okay. Grammys. Yeah. Grammys. Because Grammys, everybody can go to the Grammys. And, okay, yeah. Grammys. Yeah. And anybody you want to go with. Anybody, anybody you and your anybody you and your wife, two of y'all, bam, y'all, both y'all, all of you guys are, are going. You guys are thriving, styling. You are you guys are the guest of honor. Who who right. who who would you want to go with? I got a couple names in my head, and I know it's we're gonna be done with the podcast. It, it's gonna be like later tonight, and the perfect name's gonna hit me, and I'm gonna be so upset about it. Okay. But <laughs> it's, it's, it's every day, man. Every day, the number one name is popping in my head. So I, you say the Grammys. I love I love country music. Okay. So. And one of my favorite artists, he's been the number one artist on my Spotify rap the last couple of years. And I think he would just be a great time for the Grammys after, you know, have a little shindig. I gotta okay. go with Luke Combs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I I'm can thinking, see that. I'm thinking I'm thinking Luke Combs. Um, and that's if we go to the musician route, it'd probably be Luke Combs. Yeah. Okay, that's hey Luke. Listen, I've seen you on commercials. Luke was on a SEC commercial, I think on SEC Nation or some crap like oh, that. Oh, I bet with Marty and McGee, and they were partying in the back of a truck. So, hey, listen, I think what is he from South Carolina? Um, I know he's a big Appalachian State guy. Oh, I don't know where he's right. actually from. Though. Never mind, Appalachian State. So. Okay, listen, I'm with it. I'm with it. Everything but those Kit Kats. But listen, there is a place for everybody. <laughs> and listen, hey, Kit Kat Nation. No, it's not even a disagreement. Listen, you do you. This I is, ain't mad at it. You're genuinely the first person I have ever met in my 24 years of life to be like, nah, like I don't. Not just I don't want a Kit Kat, but it's like I do not like them. Is it Honestly, is it like the wafer? Like what's what's the deal? It's it's the wafer, the wafer and the flavor of the wafer, the wafer to chocolate ratio does not it don't hit it for me. That's fair because I've That's eaten, fair. I that. I've eaten and it's a little it's a little too soft. Well, I don't say too soggy. It's just this unique taste because a wafer doesn't have you know a great deal of taste to it. So every time I used to eat a Kit Kat, I was like, I taste more of the wafer than the chocolate. And I have had, I, I forgot what the chocolate, the chocolate bar is. It has a crispier wafer, but it has like a, a deeper chocolate. Like this is extreme milk chocolate. I can eat yeah. that, but the Kit Kat, <laughs> I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. So oh, that's, like fair. I said, that's fair. So like I said, Kit Kat, please sponsor Trevor. Uh, maybe they can <laughs> maybe they can make a run. Uh, maybe you can bring them back to excellence. Like I said, y'all Ohio <laughs> kids seem to do that. LeBron did it with the Cavs, and uh, you know my Buckeyes. Somebody did it up there. Hopefully, we can do it uh, against UGA, and and you did it. Katie Najat did it. You know the two, you know Ashland Ballers and everything. So uh, you want 
you want things to go great, you get someone from Ohio to do it. Hey, listen, that's for the most part, because, you know, I don't know who running <laughs> the Browns, but uh, that's fair. That is fair. So we'll exclude listen. them from the competition. Oh, yeah, they, they got to earn it. They got to earn it. They haven't earned it yet. <laughs> So Trevor made the move from the snow to the swamp, man. And first of all, you balled out last year. I think, and I'll I'll get to that in a second, but I'm actually curious. You were training under the legendary Mike Holloway in Gainesville with a phenomenal group. What went into that that move, and how have you loved it so far, just being in Gainesville? Because Gainesville is different. Well, I don't know, because I know you come from a small town in Ohio. So it may not be too different. It may not be too different. So first thing I want to say, Mike Holloway, another Ohio guy. Yes, Columbus. Columbus, yes, sir. But, yeah, I'm really excited. Um, I hate winter. It is my (laughs) least favorite season. I don't like the cold. I don't like the snow. None of it. So if you're trying to get away from those things, Florida's, Florida's a good place to be. Um, so far, I really like it. I like the group. And what went into the decision was really, okay, I have a legendary coach now, considering last year there was a whole lot of things that were outside of my control, and I ended up coaching myself from May onward, and I didn't want to have to do that anymore. So I went from essentially coaching myself for the last three to five months of my season to – having the best coach you can get out there. So that was a big part of it. And the other thing was when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, I wanted a great training group. And I mean, you look at the group down here, it's impossible to not get better with a group like this. I mean, I'm showing up every day to train alongside Grant Holloway, Champion Allison, Quincy Hall, Arion Knight, and Joe Fonbelay. Like those are just the guys, those are just the sprinters and hurdlers on the track. Rob Rob Dunning, uh, Valdo Such. I mean, they they raise my level, and I like to think I can help raise their level because every day, if you're not on it when you show up that day, you're gonna get exposed. And those are people that they've been in the game for a little bit now, or like me, Champ and Joe, we're all kind of in the same boat right now. But those are people with great experience. They've been there, done that, and we can all sort of help each other. And there might be a day where I'm a little off. I just need to shut off my brain and run beside someone. And now I can do that with this group. And like I said, it's hard. Yeah. It would be very difficult to not get better trained with that group. How important is having that structure? I can't imagine. Fresh out of college, you had already found success because you won a silver medal in the indoor or 400. And then you coach yourself. Um, Obviously, you know, there were some things that happened. um, Very unfortunate. But you had to battle everything. And you not only made the team, you won a a bronze medal. And you really, like, showed everybody, like, yo, it's more, you know, there's, there's levels to this. And you're on that level. How difficult was it to maneuver that and, like, now you have the structure. And like I said, back to the original question, how important is it to have that kind of structure? Um, So it was kind of one of those things where like now I look back on it and it's like, holy cow. Like, how did I do that? Like, how did I get through that? Because it's somewhere like you're in the moment and in the moment you're just like, there's a situation. We just got to make it work. So that's kind of how I approached it. I mean, I kind of took a lot upon myself when we had our our head coach pass away and the sprints coach we had then hired to fill in the coach that left get fired. I kind of took it upon myself like, hey, this is a terrible situation. But instead of using it as an excuse, let's just make the best of it. Let's just show up every day, put in the work, get better and see what happens. Right. So now looking back on it, I really struggled mentally going into USA's because going into USA's, my fastest time had been 48.82. So I hadn't matched my PR from the year before. I hurt my hamstring in April. 
nothing was really going right. And I was pretty much training by myself for about a month going to USA's. So I was really in a, it was difficult mentally to just kind of get through it. Then USA's was my big breakthrough, 47-47, made the US team. Then after that, it was like, okay, like we're here. We made the US team, ran, I think at the time it was the 11th or 12th fastest time in US history. That kind of, that kind of sparks you up a little bit. It kind of makes things a little easier. Yeah. So that really helped. And then just getting through worlds. I mean, at that point it was, we've made it this far. We didn't come this far to come this far. Like I didn't want to go to worlds and just be like, okay, like I'm at worlds mission accomplished jobs, finished done. Like, no, I knew that I had a shot, not just to make the final, but to get a medal. And I wanted to do everything I could to get that medal. But now being in Florida with this group and kind of getting that structure back, it really helps me realize that how important structure is. Because all of us at the collegiate level take structure for granted, that you have your meals cooked for you every day. You have all of these coaches, a training staff, whatever. And that's not something you have as a pro necessarily. And then kind of at least getting that structure back of like having a set training group set practice times, having a coach and all that stuff. It just takes a lot more of that mental burden off of it because I'm not having to worry about, okay, let me write my workouts out for the, for these next couple of weeks. It's now I can go home. I can relax, foam roll, do what I got to do and know that my coach is taking care of me. That is, I mean, that gave me a headache just to try to like imagine yeah, a lot how much you had to deal with that is insane and you know it's interesting i had um a friend of the show um colin waitsman of track world news we did a um we did this series we have a youtube exclusive series a part of lactic acid called track talk and we were mm-hmm. just recapping you know the year on the professional level and we talked about the evolution of the 400 hurdles for men's and women's and i made a point and I remember I prefixed my comments by saying, I hope that this doesn't come across as like disrespectful uh, where you're concerned. I said, with you in the fold now, everybody's going to look at Rye Benjamin. Everybody's going to look at Karsten. Everybody's going to look at Dos Santos. But with you in the fold after what you did at Worlds, everybody's looking at him, but it forces them to almost be perfect. Because if they have the slightest slip up, metal's gone. Like, like they have to be, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they have to be on their game and then some. Because now, like, Trevor Bassett's in the fold. There's, like, you have to add that fourth. You know what I'm saying? Like, there is, there's only three medals. There's only four people. So, if you mess up, and I would say the same thing. Like, if you mess up then, you know, maybe it's different. But now you are at that level. Now that you've accomplished that, and now that, you know, you're to that level, you're in that conversation where, like, people are like, oh, crap, well, Trevor's in the race, like, can't screw up now. How does that affect your day-to-day? Does it, does that added pressure, you know, do you keep what you're doing the same? Or does it make you go even harder than what you did? You know, you always compete with a chip on your shoulder. But now is it like, okay, now, you know, it's it's even more so, you know, intense or is it just like, okay, just do what you do and you're good? It's a good question. Um, well, first, people look at those three and rightfully so. I mean, those three are the standard for the 400 hurdles right now. And I'll always have the, have a chip on my shoulder when I compete, when I practice, whenever. That, that'll never go away. Regardless of if I win a gold medal, world record, whatever, I'm still going to beat me and I'll have that chip on my shoulder. And it's funny because we were talking literally at practice today about how much the sport in the sprints and hurdles has changed. Like literally a year and a half ago, if you ran 48.5, it was like, oh, like 45.4, like this dude is nasty. 45.4 hurdles legit. Now it takes, it takes 47 load to just make a U.S. team. Like that's insane. Yeah. But to answer the question about – if it changed anything for me, I don't think it does because I think any changes along those lines going hard or whatever is already taking place because of the group I'm in. 
Mm. Right. So I'm practicing. I mean, same thing with Rye and Michael Norman. Rye Benjamin is practicing with the 400-meter world champ every day. That's going to help him get better. For me, I'm practicing with champion Allison, who went 43.70 in the 400. That's going to help me get better. I'm doing hurdle work alongside Grant and Rob and Valdo. That's going to help me get better. So I think for me, and I like that you mentioned how there's essentially four of us right now and only three medals. I've always prided myself on the ability to show up on the biggest stages, which is why you look at world, world outdoor champs, lifetime PR. USA champs outdoors, lifetime PR. World indoor champs, lifetime PR. So I'm, I'm on a streak here, three for three at major championships with a PR. Obviously, there's a good chance that does end at some point, but I'm hopefully not planning on it. You don't know but that. Old, yeah, we don't know that. And it's something my old coach, Coach Clark, instilled in me early on was when you show up at a big meet, you need to be hard as hell to beat. What That means you're going to give them everything they can handle, and they need to either run a lifetime best or break a meet record in order to beat you. And that's something I've kind of – taken with me every time I show up to a meet doesn't matter if I'm racing someone at the D2 level or racing Carson Varholm in the world championships I'm looking at all of these other competitors like you need to run I'm gonna be I'm gonna be tough to beat and I'm making you run the full 400 meters yeah like you're not gonna run you're not gonna run 395 I'm gonna make you run the full 400 meters to beat me no, but more like four hundred five. Like you, you, you better right have, exactly. Yeah, you better have something you know else in the tank, some extra extra. Um, like I yeah. said, I I didn't mean that like as no disrespect to say it's just the three then trouble because um no I know I know exactly what you mean yeah um because now it's like all right there's everybody's like okay well those three are locked in for a month it's like oh no you know I took second. <laughs> Allison Dos Santos, um, you know, one obviously, but you got you beat Carson. I understand Carson, you know, wasn't all the way, you know, 100%, but still, um, you know, the way I kind of look at it, you know, with him and Wade, you know, you take from an outsider's point of view, you got to take confidence in beating the world champion and stuff <laughs> like that just to know that you can do it. Um, so, I mean, hey, you pull up. You go on the World Athletics website. I'm one and zero. Listen, <laughs> versus that's all it's one, I'm one and zero. I'm one undefeated. Undefeated. So and he's he, yeah. he's a great dude. I talked to him before the rounds and everything, and I talked to his coach after. And they're incredible people, incredible competitors. I look forward to racing them more, but obviously, I want to try and keep my, my undefeated streak alive. What what Drake say? We're going back to back. That's that's what we do. Back man. to back. Back to back. Tell me and tell the fans three things. We're gonna get off this track talk for a minute. Three things that the people do not know about the legend that is Trevor Bassett. Three things that people don't know about me. Um, number one, and I've gotten a lot of flack for this, and I'm working on it. I do not eat vegetables. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I, I barely eat them, but I I'm, eat them. <laughs> I'm working on it. I had a serving of green beans like a week and a half ago. So we're we're trying out here. We're trying our hardest. Okay. Um, number two. Number two. Some people know it because I said it on a on like an Instagram live. Okay. But most people probably don't. I do not know how to ride a bike. Neither do I. So hey. Wow. Listen. See, look at that. Swag, Look yeah. At okay. Um, number three. Um, I played basketball in high school. I was a solid. I was a solid hooper. So, you, how, how on a scale of like one to like swag, which is ten, rate your game. So. When I was playing basketball, it was funny. I was talking at Worlds 
with Marvin, Bracey, and Vernon, where we were kind of talking about basketball. I was like, I played. I was like, I feel like I'm a 3 and D kind of guy. Like, I was athletic. I could shoot, and I could play defense. Not too good at ball handling. I can rebound, do all that stuff. They were like, oh, so you're like a, you're like a Chandler Parsons. I'm like, that's oh. a perfect, perfect analogy. Oh, that's cold. I'm not... <laughs> Chandler was actually cold like... back in the day. When I think Ch- – I'm thinking like Rockets Chandler Parsons uh, when he was solid. When he got okay. the bag. Okay. Not okay. Mavericks and poor Chandler Parsons. Okay. But no, like I was, I was a solid, serviceable player. I'm not going to act like I was out here dropping 20 a game or nothing. But – Okay. So a had, poor man's – So a poor man's Kyle Corbin. More, I'm more athletic, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to think of good three-point shooters from back in the day. Maybe like maybe like a Gerald Green. Gerald Green type. Oh, listen, Gerald Green. If you dunking like Gerald Green, then you picked the wrong sport. I'm just saying. Hey, I was I was hey, when you're in Midwest, when you're in Northwest Division Three Ohio, <laughs> you're anyone that's dunking is essentially jumping like Gerald Green. Oh, okay. Well, that's fair. That's fair. Um <laughs> I will say this you're in the right place. I know why you probably do not like vegetables. And I will say this. You're in the right place, and you're going to like it living in Gainesville. People in the South season their food. And you probably <laughs> haven't had any seasoning in your vegetables. That That's probably fair. Yes. I take pride in being able to season my food, but it's normally like when I cook chicken or steak and stuff like that. But when it comes to like other like not meat dishes, yeah, I don't know. I don't season nothing. See, that's the problem. See, if you're cooking green beans, you use a little butter, you use a little salt, and I did this as a hack. I cut me up some Canadian bacon and and um, sautéed that until it has some marks on it, and then drained out the water of the green beans, and then put the bacon in there. And everything, and just let that sit for about forty-five seconds. You be eating green beans for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I'm telling you, all it's right, just, right, it's just, it's just little things. Have somebody fix you a plate of collard greens, and I guarantee you, you'll go vegan. Well, actually, no, <laughs> actually, no, but you will. <laughs> I, I guarantee you, right. you're you're in the right place to eat vegetables. Games will get you right because down here, they listen. Here's how people like Florida's not the South. Here's the thing. The further south in Florida you go, it's 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 touristy. It's it's mm-hmm. like Miami and stuff. That's not necessarily country, but I would say from Lakeland north, yeah, we 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 balling in the country. You, you're going with people who know how to season food, so we're gonna get you right. I do have a question. All right. So you grew up. So where would you say, so I think, if I'm not mistaken, where you're from is like two hours from Cincinnati? Uh, I think it's closer to three hours. Yeah. Have you had Skyline Chili? (laughs) I have not. I'm not a big chili guy anyway, so I don't think I would like it even if I had it. I've heard very mixed reviews on Skyline Chili. Mainly the mixed reviews are people from Ohio love it, people outside of Ohio hate it. <laughs> so people are like, you got because they sell it in public. They sell the crap in a can, and they're actually opening a Skyline Chili here in Orlando. And they're like, "Dog, you got to get it. You got to get it." It's like spaghetti pasta with chili, onions, cheese. So some people are like, "It's like an enema. Like it's it's like a uh, uh, you're gonna be in the bathroom for a few hours." And then some people swear by it. What about raising canes? I I do like Canes. Canes is solid. Okay. What is it? People have been telling me up the Indian dog, you gotta eat razor canes. What is it about? And I have a feeling I know what you're gonna say, but I, I owe you the absolute, you know, chance to answer it. Why do you like canes? Um wow, that's a good question. I mean, I mean I like I like chicken. So I mean, there's that. That's I think right. the big reason, the big, big reason people like canes, I think, is mainly because the cane sauce, and the cane sauce is all right. Like I said, I'm a big barbecue guy, 
So like I'd rather just have like a barbecue sauce over like a signature like restaurant sauce or something. But I feel like it's probably because you get you can get the chicken, fries, and like a side of bread or a side of toast, whatever they call it. I think that's like the main appeal. But I know there are some of the people I've talked to are like ride or die for cane sauce. I... And like it's good. I I don't freak out about the sauce. Like it's good sauce, but I'm like, uh, like it's it's whatever. Dog, they charging like money to get sides of sauce. Like, yeah. I, there's not a sauce that good, in my opinion. No, that's worth. Well, and here's food. here's my thing with food is like, you can't like a restaurant more based on the sauce, because sauce that's not the food. No, it's like no. it's like if you're gonna try and figure out which place has the best burger in Gainesville. You need to just get a plain burger, nothing on it. So you can actually figure out if the burger itself is good, not just all the extra stuff they add. Exactly. You got to actually figure out the integrity of the product. No, you're telling the truth because people who get like these mushroom Swiss BLT with avocado and ranch, like how do you even know what you're eating? Like, no, you, you don't even know what you're tasting. There's too much going on. My opinion, I got to rant- Go ahead. Go ahead. You go. I could rant about which is probably gonna pick eater but i can't stand that when you go to a restaurant or you go anywhere and you just order like a burger the standard is a burger with everything on it in my opinion it should be a plain burger and then you add stuff to it I but that's a that's a whole other rant for a no, 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 I no, no. i no i'm with you because when i go to a restaurant my thing is do you have a cheeseburger because i could take the cheese off and then, or what I'll do is I'll get a, a bite, but, you know, of just the, you know, hamburger, just to be like, all right, needs cheese, needs a side of pickles, needs all this stuff. My yeah. thing is, I personally, if I can, I do always do a build your own burger. Yep. <laughs> and, and I'll get like stuff on the side, like get a side, because like I said, I don't know what the, because sometimes you put all this stuff on the burger and you don't mm-hmm. know what the burger looks like. I prefer a burger on the flat top. Like, I think it builds a nice crust. And I don't like burgers. People are like, it's char. You got the char marks. I'm like, no, nah, that burger burnt. Like, no. <laughs> but they put so much crap on it that you can't see. So, no, nah, I'm with you 100% yeah. there. I can, do, I can do a little bit of the char. How do you get your burger cooked? Medium well. Medium. Okay. I'm, I'm more I'm I'm more medium- so raw. Type. So the cow's still moving. No, 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 no. Those are the people <laughs> that get it rare. I can't do rare. I just I just started drifting into like the medium rare side for like, no. like steaks and stuff like that. But that's only if I'm at like a nice steakhouse though. There's some steakhouses that won't cook it above medium, which and I have to... it, and that is that is how it should be because at that point you just need to get like the chicken or something. See, that's a lie. That's a lot. I used to, I was raised on well done. I always say this. I want my steak to resemble what the Lord is going to tell me on that day. And that's well done. If it's not that, <laughs> then then to me. And so I have ventured to medium well. And then we have gotten to where they screw. No, nah, they be doing that on purpose. I will tell the medium well and they'll cook it medium. And I'm like, okay, like. The cow's not moving. Anything under medium is just you buying the cow. You just buying. Here's the, cow. the thing: you get, a, you get a you get a steak well done, and you're you're fighting for your life. You're about to cut a hole in the plate trying to cut through that steak. No, that's not true. <laughs> Listen, if it was not meant to eat medium well, then they would not have created steak sauce. Ain't none. Listen, and, I go ahead. now. See, there you go. With steak sauce, you shouldn't need steak sauce for a steak. Listen, there's security in knowing that the animal that I'm eating, my vegan friends, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I have to say (laughs) this. I find security knowing that the animal that I am eating is no longer here. It's expired. (laughs) So that is that works for me. But we got to get back to the barbecue real quick. All right. I had a dude on the show. His name was um forgot his name. It was a long time ago. He was a huge barbecue buff. 
I'm a barbecue, you know, brother myself. You know, I make a mean slab of ribs. I cook pulled pork for Christmas. Um, and it's slapped. I ain't, I ain't going to lie to you. But he said something that stuck deeper with me. And then we're going to, I need to ask these questions. Then we'll uh, wrap up the show. He said, the ultimate barbecue plate is two meats and three sides. So for you, what is your ultimate barbecue plate? We already got pulled pork and we already got macaroni and cheese. Yep. What what, what what's yep. the ultimate? Okay, so I'm gonna go with like I said, the pulled pork, brisket, Ooh. nice a nice brisket would be the other meat. Lean or moist? Pulled pork brisket. Huh? Lean or moist? There's two sides to brisket. Leans. Okay, so that's the less fatty, drier side. Okay, I can dig it. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't like fat that much. I can do a little bit of it, but not, not a ton. Yeah, not where it's overwhelming. Okay, so we got brisket and we got pulled pork. Okay, I like it. We so got far. brisket, pulled pork, mac and cheese. Oof. Um, so I need two more sides. Let me get. Let me get some fries. Okay. Yeah, I do fries. Let me get some fries. I think I'm gonna go back to what I said earlier. Let me get let me get some cornbread in there. So here's the thing: when you go to these Florida joints, have you been to Four Rivers yet? No, I've not. It's like a generic place, but the sides slap. You got to get the sausage because they sausage hits hard. Like it, it's it's dope. Um, and All they right. do they do cook a mean brisket. That like that brisket is 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 legit. Um, what? What of all the things? So you got all the barbecue meats. What would you classify as non-barbecue related that they still sell? Mine is non. So I would agree, but is it like a turkey leg? No, it's just like a like Thanksgiving turkey. Okay, see, yeah, I agree with that. I think if you have like the full like turkey leg, you can like grab. Like yeah. the dude oh, on turkey leg, Twitter. yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Like the dude on Twitter, like if it don't fall off the bone, it's free. Like that's barbecue. But if you're just yeah, talking, yeah, like. You but see, yeah, just like plain, like your generic turkey. Yeah, that's not barbecue. I don't think I even have a hard time putting. This might be controversial. I have a hard time putting certain like types of chicken in that category of barbecue. I agree. Cause you like just when, when, I, when, I, when I think barbecue, I think I think pork or cow. I don't I don't think chicken. Okay, I agree. I will agree with that. But uh, I will agree. I gotta agree. I, there's a part of me that doesn't want to, but see, barbecue chicken to me, I don't eat barbecue chicken because it's just you just cook, you just put some chicken off the grill and put some barbecue sauce on it. And yeah, like that's in my mind, that's not barbecue. It's barbecue chicken, but it's not like real barbecue. You know what I mean? I don't consider macaroni and cheese barbecue. Why not? Like, it's just, it's hard. It's just not like it's, it's soul food. It's something, you know, I want with some fried chicken, collard greens, and some candy amps. But I think, I think it pairs, I think it pairs so well with most barbecue meats that it's just like it gets lumped in there like it's just it's such a fitting side for it that it just just works Uh, you see i never get macaroni and cheese when i go to a barbecue joint oh that's that's my number one choice of side for barbecue it's disgusting i hope hope that this podcast finds a way into the barbecue community and we start something all i have to do is here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna take this clip i'm gonna take the clip of this barbecue discussion and I'm going to post it on Instagram. I'm going to tag every barbecue spot in this with the hopes of a sponsorship for the both of us. Um, I don't even want, no. No, I want sponsorship. I want money. Like money or the opportunity to be a taste taste tester. Um, Here's what, I don't even necessarily want money from a barbecue spot. It could be like, we'll send you a shirt and you get like a free meal a month. You show up, you know. Hey, I you gotta you gotta set the bar low sometimes. You know? That's that's too low. 
Free free uh, meal a week. Free meal a week. Or three free meals a month for three exclusive posts. A meal a post. I get real I get real iffy when people want me to do posts. Like when people want me to do like stories, that's fine. I feel bad. I feel bad doing a ton of posts because then I feel like I'm just like flooding my social media with a bunch of ads. And sometimes it's what you gotta do. Yeah. But like you won't you're not really gonna see me do more posts besides like an introductory sponsorship post unless like it's a good deal. Because I like I don't want I don't want to flood my social media with just like ads and stuff like that. But that's kind of how it is now. Like, you know, even know. things like it's like, you know, we want you know, like for a post, and for me, it's just like, what, what exactly am I posting? Stories are like unique because it, it's quick. Um, and then I don't know, I feel like you have the opportunity because you can use something else, like from some you know, the other page. So it's like, hey, I tried this product, it was crazy, yeah. it was lit, like this was perfect. Um, have you ever thought about like teaching? I really think they could hire you for NIL, but maybe like teaching a course, like a sponsorship one-on-one for young athletes, like what to look for, how to network and things like that. I know you went on a different podcast to talk about it, but I don't know. I think I mean, I, help def- I definitely would. Like, I feel like my, my experience this last year of college and kind of now drifting into the pros, I'd definitely be open to it. I don't really know how I'd kind of get into that realm outside of like doing the podcast that I've been doing, but it's definitely something where if the opportunity was presented to me, yeah, I'd jump all over that. Uh, I think they probably hire you as a compliance officer or yeah. who I do not envy. Shout out to all the compliance officers who like, have to ask. Compliance directors, man, especially at these big D1 schools, it's got to be chaos. Pure, oh, it's, pure it's, it's chaos. There's no rules. There's no rules. The NCAA did this on purpose. I'm just, I just got to say it. They did. They wanted chaos. They wanted chaos. The transfer portal. They wanted chaos. And now you got chaos. I I like the transfer portal. Uh, There's like 3,000 kids in there, and, you know, only 300 may have a home. But still, it's just. I, I don't think the transfer portal is as bad as people make it out to be because. You look at all the kids in the portal, they were going to be transferring anyway, even if the portal wasn't there. That's true. The portal just makes the the statistics more well-known. Because I see people people talking about the the portal being an issue because they're like, like you said, there's 3,000 some athletes in there and, and only like 300 of them will have a home. And it's kind of a situation where it's like, okay, that's life. Like the grass isn't always greener. Sometimes you got to let these kids... I was like, I guarantee you their coaches tried to make that known to them, but they yeah. still wanted to leave. And then it's like, okay, here you go. Thing is, it's like, you can't enter the portal without any film. Like, you you, you have no. to. Like, you have to show, like, you can do something. Uh, or at least knowing knowing roughly what you're worth. I think that's another big issue, too. A lot of people go into the portal thinking that they are going to be wanted by every single school and be getting full-ride offers. And in reality... There might be a lot of schools that want them, but they might only be able to give them a half or a partial. And then they're like, oh, I'm too good for that. And then they wait it out. And then when the carousel ends, there's nothing left. Just watch it on TV like the rest of us. So I think there has to be – I think there needs to be guidance, especially, you know, when it comes to the portal. This is how scholarships work on each level. This is what you can expect. Um, But – you know, that's above my pay grade. So we'll just exactly wonderful people of the NCAA do their thing. Um, last topic before we switch gears and wrap this up. When you are not balling out on these track streets and circles, running circles over hurdles, what is life like for Trevor Bassett? Oh, life's pretty mellow. If I'm honest, I don't really do a whole lot. I'll go walk my dog every now and then. Got a mini golden doodle named Mowgli who's trotting around the house right now. Um, I'll do that. Play the PS5. I'm a big Madden guy. Okay. Um, I will say at Worlds, I was undefeated at the Team USA Hotel. Just Ooh. wanted to throw that out there. Call him out. Who'd you beat? Oh, 
I beat I beat Noah Williams. I beat Elijah Godwin. Um, Arion wouldn't play me. He, <laughs> he didn't want to. Arion was also undefeated, but he didn't want to play me. He didn't so want to smoke. I've been, no, I've been giving him crap about it practice the last couple of times. So we might have that matchup. Maybe we'll live stream it. Who knows? But I only played like three or four people, but I was undefeated. I was undefeated. So big, big Madden guy. I used to be big into 2K back when I was in high school, but I just kind of drifted out of it, stopped getting the game. So I would get destroyed in 2K by most people. I just finished God of War Ragnarok, which was the best game I've ever played. It was oh, wow. incredible. I'm going to I'm gonna replay it again probably here in a couple months when I get bored. But <laughs> big fan of that. Who's the team? Please don't tell me it's Cleveland that you roll with. That matter. No. I'm so I guess I could include this in the three things people don't know about me. I am a ride or die, die hard Tennessee Titans fan. Okay. So things are a little rough right now. You know, a six six game losing streak, not too hot. Or no, five potentially six after tomorrow when they play Dallas, but they're resting all their starters, so we're probably going to lose, which is fine. It's all about week 18. Yeah. So they're my go-to team. And it's honestly – everyone says the same thing. They're like, oh, you probably just you probably just spam Derrick Henry. No, I don't. But since I'm such, like, a diehard Titans fan, I know the players. I know the playbook. Like, I know how to use certain <laughs> players. Okay. So like they might have they might have like a 67 overall receiver, but I know he's fantastic at running deep routes and getting open. So I'm just gonna have him run deep routes. Oh, so okay. that's kind of where my advantage comes in with them versus just and oh don't get me wrong, I give Derrick Henry the ball. Right. Yeah. I'm not an idiot. No. But I'm not gonna sit here and just mash outside zone all game. We uh Derrick Henry graduated in 2013. And from Yulee, Florida, um, I think it's a couple hours from Gainesville. Small, small town. That dude ran for like what was it, like three thousand yards in the season. In a season, uh, it was something crazy. And it, 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 that dude is different. I will say this on Madden: I have never faced a defense tougher than Tennessee. <laughs> like I don't know. What it is about Vrabel and what he does with that defense, but I hate I hate playing Tennessee. And I have to say this, you're a diehard Tennessee fan, but as bad as your team might be, at least you did not surrender a 30-point lead the other week um to the Vikings. So I if that happened to the Titans, I would have been so hurt. I would have gone like social media silent for at least a month. I haven't tweeted about the Colts. In the last year and a half, so, um, and so I'm I'm on protest against them. So let's wrap this thing up. Then we're gonna get to our rapid fire. What can people expect from you on the track this year? How are we rocking? What do you mean? What can people expect from Trevor Bassett? What can people uh, look you, forward to you, seeing? You're going to see a lot of grit, a lot of competitiveness. I'm showing up every race. I'm showing up to win. Might not win all the races, but I'm showing up there expecting to win. I'm leaving everything on the track each race. Planning on getting on the Diamond League circuit a little bit this year. Uh, passed on it last year because of how long the collegiate season was, and my body was wrecked after Worlds. But we're hitting that Diamond League circuit hard. And we're going to show out our rookie year. What what in this sport, in this world where this, this sport is hard, it's very tough. What encourages you day in and day out that you go back to and that keeps you going, keeps you motivated? And like I said, keeps you encouraged, especially during the highs and lows that you face. It's a combination of things. I think, first of all, it's my faith, um, trusting in God and his plan for me, knowing that whether I run 47 or I run 57, he's going to love me still the same, but also understanding that he blessed me with these abilities 
So I need to do everything I can to make the most of them and honor him in a way that he would want to be honored. So that's part of it. I think the other part of it is like representing for my family, my friends, kind of my last name type of deal, where when people step on the track, even like especially this past world championships, I said on the track, I was representing me, my name, Ashland University. I was representing things a lot bigger than myself. And that means a lot. I'm Every time I step on the track, I'm running for more than just me. And then the last thing I think would be for people that look up to me or are inspired by me, I've gotten countless messages throughout throughout the outdoor season, outdoor worlds, and even more so now about people saying, hey, like really inspired by your story, like you did it from division two. So my stories help show people that there's a way to be a professional athlete without going to an SEC school or a Big Ten school or being this high school phenom, like you can work your way up to it. So also knowing that there are a lot of people, that even though I might be having a bad day or I might be in like a dry spell at meets, knowing that they look up to me and look to me for inspiration. So knowing that I still need to kind of be on the ball a little bit and at least compete in a way where they can still be inspired by me, even if I'm not running the fastest times. Because if I'm not running necessarily as fast as I want to be, but I'm leaving everything on that track, that can still have an impact on people. Does, and this will be the last question before rapid fire, does your faith, as you, you know, kind of spoke about, you know, God still loves you regardless, um, you know, what perspective beyond track does it give you just for matters beyond track, just life in general and where you are in your journey? Um, I think it just helps me and it helps keep me centered because I know that there are there's, some, there's a lot of things. It's not just me, right? There's a lot of things out there bigger than I am. Like track and field sports big, but even outside of that, I'm made in God's image and I know I'm here on this earth for a short time. So I want to do what I can on and off the track to represent him and kind of spread his word and his gospel, which as of right now is through track and field because I've been blessed with having this large following, this platform, and eventually that platform is going to go away or the audience is going to go away or it's going to shift to something else. So just kind of making the most of this right now, but knowing that this is temporary. At the end of the day, I'm going to retire and I'll no longer be a track and field athlete. So being able to find my identity as a person in Christ has also kind of helped me find comfort in that when things aren't going well. Trevor, you have survived the interrogation process. Now we are on to the hard stuff. This is called Down the Home Stretch. The segment is called Down the Home Stretch. I'm going to ask you just a few rapid-fire questions. I want you to answer them to the best of your ability. If I ask you to elaborate on the questions, don't worry. It does not count against the time. If you do not answer these as fast as you can, quite frankly, I don't care. It does not matter. It's all good. Like I said, it ain't no pressure at all. Are you ready? So I have, I have a question. Okay. A question. Yeah. So you said there's a time limit, correct? I want you to answer as fast as you can. Okay. So, so it's so it's almost like it's almost like fast money and family feud. Pretty much. And so here's how I do it. If I keep a mental clock of how fast you answer the questions and my obvious interaction. So you're playing to be on uh -huh. the proverbial metal stand where so many great ones have come before you. So we're trying to get this, this, your second gold medal, your third gold medal, because it, it wasn't mentioned, you know, Trevor won a gold medal with the four by four. So we're hey, trying to. Hey, I, I, I anchored that prelim, man. <laughs> I anchored that prelim. I got that medal. We're good there. Yeah. So we're trying to add to the medal collection. Yep. Are you All ready? Right. I'm ready. Let's get it. If there was a food that you had to live with and a food that you could live without, what would it be? Live without vegetables. Uh, live Any vegetable. Live within. Um, steak. Okay. What kind of steak? What kind of steak? Uh, sirloin. I like sirloin. All right. If there was a 90s or early, two, early 2000s cartoon character or television character that you would use to describe who you are, who would you go with? These questions are harder than I thought they were going to be. 
Yeah. Early 90s, early 2000s cartoon character to describe myself. I'm really blanking. But there's like SpongeBob. There is. Can, can I pass and we come back to it? We can come back to it. All okay. right. If dream vacation spot. Rome. Rome. Okay. Let's just say Hallmark decided we're going to make a Christmas movie about your life since we play Christmas movies from sunup to sundown from January to January. I want to know who would be the actor that you want to portray your character. It could be anybody. It could be anybody. I feel like for accuracy based on like kind of like my frame and who I am, I'm, I'm going to say Tom Holland. Okay, I like that. I like that. If you could be the guest on any talk show or television show, what would it be? Mm, talk show or television show? Um, Undisputed. With Skip and Shannon? Yeah. All right, who would you want to replace? Who would you want most want to debate? I feel like I'd want to debate Skip just because he's wrong about so many things. <laughs> but I also like, but, Shan but Shannon also makes the show, so I don't know if I'd want to be there without him. That's true. That is true. I like that. I like that. All right. If you had to have dinner with anybody who is living, who would you have dinner with? Dinner with anybody who is living? Taylor Lewan. Okay. Wow. You picked the offensive tackle from the team up north. Uh, also known as Michigan to I mean heck of a security guard so that that's totally fine if you weren't playing Titans left tackle, man. yes Titans left tackle okay cool cool okay all right any your dream sporting event Super Bowl Super Bowl okay cool couple more questions so let's just say that they were going to actually scratch that question let's go back to the question um about the 90s character or early 2000s character. Yes. so i'm gonna give you i'm gonna, I'm gonna help you out from anyone okay. from 2013 above so you mean like 2013 to now or you mean 2013 back 2013 back um I used to watch cartoons all the time as a kid, but I haven't watched them in so long. All right, I'm gonna switch it up. I'm gonna switch it up for you. I'm gonna help you out. I'm gonna... All right. What's the best really era? What's the best era of television? I mean, I want to say early 2000s. Okay, can't remember a show, but <laughs> you at least know the era. I can't. I can't remember a show, but that's when I was watching TV all the time, and there was there was good stuff out there. All right, that's all good. It's all it's all good. Two more questions. If Food Network allowed you to be a guest on any television show that they have, what would it be? Can you name some Food Network tele television shows? Chop, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, the uh, Baking Championships, Holiday Baking Championships, Spring Baking oh, Championships, Kids. Oh, di Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Easy. Easy, easy. Last question. Why does kindness matter to you? Kindness matters to me because it shows who you are as a person and it shows your true character. It's really easy to be kind to people when things are going well, but there's a lot of times you might be going through someone and people don't know it and you still need to find a way to be kind to them. And I think that tells a lot about a person because no matter what successes you may have, if you're not a kind person, then it does. You can be the richest man in the world, but you're still poor inside. Trevor, you have survived down the home stretch. I'm gonna go ahead and give you the gold medal. We wanted actually had a Gator, uh, Claire Bryant. She was on the show uh, this episode or after her air after her episode. So we got two Gators on the gold medal stand. I'm all with it. Trevor, appreciate you coming on the show, brother. Where can the people find you? Where can the people support your journey? Yeah, my Instagram and my Twitter, they're the same account. It's just at, at Trevor Bassett30. Just spell my name, number 30 at the end of it. Man, so is that like an ode to Steph? No, well, I mean, kind of, but also not really, because <laughs> it was my high school track number. Okay. But it's also, but I also got that jersey number. 
I got it because three was taken and I was a freshman. But I was also like, oh, Steph, I was like, oh, Steph Curry's sick. Well, so my I freshman year, I was rocking, I was rocking this XL thirty jersey. You didn't have swag. See, these kids probably don't remember. We used to have track uniforms with jersey numbers on the back of it. They don't have that no more. But that yeah. was legit. Trevor, appreciate you coming on the show, man. Please be sure to follow him. Please listen to the um, prelude for this episode to get where you can find the share of lactic acid. And we will catch you next time. Thank you.